When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can use promo code DNVR. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code DNVR and only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I am Patrick Lyons. I am Susie Hunter. And I am Brendan Vogt. And I've done my research on this trade deadline. I have every trade the Rockies made. I didn't miss a single thing. I didn't miss a single. I'm Brendan, ready. I knew you were a big baseball guy, but the fact that you were able to keep track of all the deals that the Rockies made at the deadline really shows that you are willing to go above and beyond. Unfortunately, that's not what we can maybe say about the team itself yeah. in general. How's everybody's drains in their shower? Clogged with the hair? My hair is falling out here in San Francisco. Oh, your hair is falling out in San Francisco or San Diego. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm quite disappointed. Quite disappointed to say the least. Yeah, it's tough when the sweep in the, in the doubleheader and, and the four losses in a row don't even really feel like that's the light segment in today's show. Cause what is there to say about that at this point? There's just, there's a larger picture concern. That's, that's tough. Also, Rockies. Patrick, I just can't even imagine how strange it is for you to be covering the Rockies who are the only team who did absolutely nothing at the trade deadline. Um, meanwhile, you are in a city that did the most. Um, so yes. the juxtaposition I can only imagine is kind of giving you a headache. I could imagine. Well, the Juan Soto press conference will be going on in like 50 minutes from now. And there's, you know, there's, there's the one side of just being a part of something like that. That would be cool. And then there's the other spot of, as you talk about that perspective, that angle of like, okay, what does this look like from the other side? And we know the Rockies have had those moments, you know, the, the Nolan Arenado extension was kind of a big deal for the organization at that time. Uh, they obviously outlaid a lot of money for a superstar in Chris Bryant uh, this past spring being there for that. But as you said, and, and as you've kind of articulated very well, Susie, is two extremes, both both extremes here in MLB and seeing a team also in its division in the NOS that does battle with the Dodgers 19 games a year, just like the Rockies and a team that is in a small market. In fact, a smaller market. It's the only of the four major sports teams. They would dream of having an MLS club. That's how much of a small market San Diego is after the game on Monday night. About 30,000 people. So that was great. But 1130 on the streets of San Diego, 
silence. It's hmm. it's a ghost town here. It's 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 kind of crazy how that is. So uh, you're right. Being there for Josh Hader's little press conference and, and hearing him talk with all the cameras. And I imagine all those camera people might not be there typically, uh, you know, Monday through Sunday. We, we deal with that in, in Colorado a couple of times, you know, opening day, maybe Fourth of July. The camera folks will come down to Coors Field. Uh, shoot their pieces, but they are—they're starting to be there a lot more frequently. As you—you you talk with Sam Levitt, Susie, uh, on uh, yesterday's show. Like, there's there's a lot of juice right now in San Diego, and it's only gotten juicier, to say the least. Juicy. That, what Cra- a great word. <laughs> Crazy, and you know, you talk about the 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 impact of it being a rival, and it's not just the juxtaposition of of the nothing and and the something. It's the would you consider sort of the philosophies or some might say excuses that have been thrown out there in terms of their perspective on the team? It, as you watch the Dodgers and the Padres load up, you know, while I personally never, ever, ever want to advocate for a tank, it just doesn't feel right. There is, it adds to this futility, right? When you start thinking about whatever this core is and the hope of contending sooner than rather than later, compounded with the fact that, it's not just that they didn't tank, they actually didn't improve either. And so you're just sort of left sitting there going, well, they sat on their hands again. And even if you could justify that approach in any given particular season, it's just too many years now where you've had to have that discussion, uh, you know, as a fan or media member. And you know what? Who says we have to, to tank tank? You know, who says the Rockies have to absolutely tank? But you have to look at a team that's under – or. 14 games under 500. Okay, like maybe we trade away some good pieces. And, you know, is that really going to make that much of it? Like you're not going to lose that many more games. We're already so behind. It's frustrating. I think as you started off there, Brendan, you you mentioned the word excuses. And I, I'm i someone who can't stand, can't stand excuses. Um they're fine once, and then you learn from that lesson, and then you move on so that you don't continue right. to make those same mistakes and, and underperform, especially when there's a plan in place. But I think when – I think if you're just speaking specifically about the Rockies, it's – there there doesn't seem to be any real belief in their plan, partially because that plan hasn't really worked very well. Um, and, and I think that's that's the most frustrating part of it. Again, going back to the other side of the spectrum, you say, well, the Padres are a small market, small market club. And they're, they're almost doing something that we've – not going to say we've never seen because uh, I think the Dodgers kind of do that where they have can have three or more superstars at once. And for the Padres, you go Manny Machado's a big name. Fernando Tatis is a big name. Two guys with $300 million deals. Juan Soto said $440 million. Not even enough for me. So you say, hey, NBA model of the big three doesn't really work, doesn't really translate to baseball. But the more of those guys that you can have, the right. better off you're going to be obviously, but the Padres being that small market club, they might not be able to sustain this very long, but that's okay. That's what a window of contention is, is pushing all in and saying, Hey, you know what? Let's give this a shot. The, there was a graphic. I, I, in the, in the whirlwind of the 14 hours at the ballpark yesterday, uh, there was a graphic baseball America put out something about might've been, let's say their 2020, uh, farm system like like their top 30 players uh back in 2020 
and you know, like 25 of the guys are, are out. You know what I mean? You even have recent draft that you even got like a guy like Robert Hassel, the third who was selected eighth overall in 2020 ahead of Zach Veen gone. He's in Washington. And so they've got nothing now in their farm system, but does it matter how good your farm system is? If your big league club is successful and is, is challenging to win the division or, you know, to, to host a, a series in the wild card round as the top, you know, NL wild card club, right. uh, like the Padres are hoping to do. Uh, and having a couple more bites of the apple, obviously Machado and Tatis are going to be around for seven plus seasons, right? Uh, but Soto even several more years to come, even if they don't extend him. So you're able to kind of rebuild and say, hey, if it doesn't work, we can tear down and rebuild back up again. That's how AJ Preller started this. I think when he took over, and I want to say 2014, when he acquired a bunch of guys, James Shields, Derek Norris, Craig Kimbrell, you know, uh, Justin Upton, I think also came over in that deal from Atlanta. And they gave up Max Freed in that deal. So, so, you know, I'm sure they would love to have him around. They gave up Trey Turner uh, in a deal that brought over Will Myers. I'm sure they'd rather Trey Turner than, than Will Myers. Sure. But, you can go back and kind of undo it and say, well, you know what? That didn't work out. These are still good assets. Let's trade them away to see if we can kind of restart things over again and again. For the Rockies, they definitely have a tendency of saying, well, we can't do this strategy over here for a reason that maybe you can understand, maybe not. We also right. can't do that, so, which you're, you may or may not understand. You also can't do this. And so I feel like they put up a lot of barriers to say what we can't do. And, right. and so that's why we're going to do what we're doing, even though it hasn't worked because X, Y, and Z are unavailable to them. And I don't think all of those things are true. I don't think, I think we know Colorado is not a desirable place for a lot of free agents, especially pitchers yet. They, they love, love Jose Urania and Chad cool. Those guys signed as free agents. Now, if they're making up a wish list of the top mm-hmm. 10 starting pitchers they want each and every offseason, all 10 of those guys probably do not want to come to Colorado. But what about 11? What about 12? And all, maybe those guys actually fit in, and maybe they actually do something. So you don't just have to build from it. Like, there are options there that are right in front of them that they've even utilized, and it, it's just frustrating because the plan that's in place hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. And, and you can resign to that dynamic, which I guess is somewhat understandable, but if you don't make efforts to break out of it, like for a good decade there, the Padres were also a place that no one wanted to play, good weather aside, right? It just wasn't a winning organization. It wasn't where you didn't hear free agents or trades, stars looking for a trade thinking, man, let me get to San Diego. But after years of being aggressive, of trying, the fans start to come back. The culture starts to come back. Now it's a place where you're a star and you're hearing you could get moved there. You're probably excited. And it's not that easy, but that that's what going for it kind of can buy you. And, and this is a team that hasn't won it all yet, but they've bought, I think, some goodwill and some cachet as one of the few clubs that are going for it. And we've talked about this all week, guys, you know, that too many teams in baseball don't. And so... That's the thing. I would love to sit here and laud the Rockies for saying we're not waving the white flag. We think we have a core we really like. Let's try to improve the team. But that part didn't happen either. And so it just gets frustrating. And it's it like you said, it gets harder to hear year after year. And Schmidt, a guy who just by human nature, you want to give a benefit of the doubt 
being in charge, new guy, hoping that apple falls a little further from the tree, but it's fallen at about equidistant, right? From the last few apples we've seen. And that's tough to swallow right now. Hmm. A good yeah, metaphor right swallow, there. And don't swallow apple seeds too. That's, that, like, that's I knew Patrick good. was going to say something. I didn't know no, what that, it was, but I knew. That's a that's a, an important analogy because, you know, the last 18 months, whatever it was, from the point in which Nolan Arenado left and, and the point in which they traded them and Jeff Breidish stepped aside and resigned in the middle of the season and Bill Schmidt was given the interim tag and the trade deadline goes by in 2021 and they don't get anything for story or gray or a lot of their other, you know, expiring assets. And you say, well, but they kept crone. So that was okay. Maybe you give them a pass that they kept barred and they extended them. Now you kind of, you can kind of give them a, a, a pass. Um, but you look at that and you're, you're willing to say, okay, let, let, Let's give Bill Schmidt an opportunity sure. here, and, and he becomes the full-time GM and gets people pretty excited. Think, I mean, in in March, people were very, very excited for baseball to come back, not because baseball was coming back, but because they they had made a couple moves to put them in the right direction with those extensions, and then they signed Chris Bryant, which is obviously you know somewhat questionable after already having lost Nolan Arenado, traded him oh, away. We know it's a little bit different. Right. Trevor story. I mean, I mean, you could have given that money to him. You understand why he didn't want to stay. It's again, it's there. There's a, there's a lot more in the context, but uh, it, it was strange to say the least, but they also bring in Gritchick and they, they sign three guys to one year deal, something that they hadn't done really since the Super Bowl pen where they, they signed three guys like that, that of, of a caliber where you go, Hey, I, I at least heard of these guys. So they do that and you have this hope and you think maybe at the trade deadline, things are going to change. And, a month out, two is the number. They'll trade two guys, which is still not a lot. It's still not a, enough to really make a difference for the future of the franchise. But to your point, Brendan, you say, hey, maybe it moves things along. Maybe there's some progression here to hope that it's not going to be the same old, same old. And yet here we are on August 3rd after the trade deadline, and it is the same old, same old. And that is something that you will not get from the DNVR.com. Now only 50 cents for your first month. If you're a member, you get a member-sized beer down in the corner of Colfax, New York. One more time to open back up. Again, extra raffle tickets, you name it. But Broncos season's getting started. Get all the latest. What are they going to do with Tim Patrick now out for the season? My Uber driver last night is a friend of a friend of Tim Patrick. So she she gave me a breakdown of all kinds of wonderful things about him. Uh, but, you know, RK and Zach and even Hank now, uh, they're providing even more information than Uber drivers in San Diego on the Tim Patrick situation and all things Broncos over at the DNVR.com. And if you want an annual membership, you do get a free shirt from DNVR Locker, Locker Avaca TV. Again, they've got Altitude Sports. they got AT&T Sportsnets, Nuggets, Avs, Rapids, Rockies, all in one place. Go to Ivaca.tv slash DNVR. Zero hidden fees or contracts. Just $25 per month, plus the cost of the receiver. Use code COLORADO10. You'll actually save $10 off your first three months on Evoca TV. Evoca.tv slash DNVR. You can see us there as well. So, I mean, yes. I think yes, that, that, that might even be technically a freebie. Uh, that comes with that, which is which is fantastic. Much like the Avalanche Ale, it's still their time. I know the season's over. I know it's summertime, but it's kind of now this the timeless beer, right? It's a hometown craft beer of the Colorado Avalanche, Stanley Cup champs, 
Still can't believe it it, it happened. We, we were able to raise the cup, celebrate, have a parade post-pandemic. Like, absolutely amazing. An avalanche ale uh, is, is what you got to drink for your summer barbecues to continue and extend the celebration. It's Breckenridge Brewery Avalanche Ale. Sounds good. I, I don't necessarily know where, where to take it next because, uh, boy, it it's, uh, was really frustrating. Like, we kind of started off. Uh, by saying, you know, losing both games of a doubleheader and being being in the hunt for the second game. And then just like that, it, it had that feeling like this isn't going to end well. It's 2-2. Hey, this, this one's a close game. One swing of the bat, Trent Grisham, walk-off home run. Mm-hmm. Jenny Kavner pointed out you had a 2-2 in the first inning. It's tied, and then nothing all game till the final pitch, the walk-off Trent Grisham, his third home run. In three games, he's he's homeward every game. The number nine hitter, yeah, he's you think he's under under two hundred. He's under that Mendoza line. Dude's got pop. Not bad for the Padres to win three in a row, both games of a doubleheader, all without Josh Bell, Brandon Jury, who they also got from the Reds, and Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis, and all of the guys they sent away, too. <laughs> They're not around. They have like no one there. Yeah. Yeah, they've that... got Matthew Batten. He's someone. He was there. <laughs> it's he hard played. to believe, but uh, that in division uh, magic against the Dodgers and the Padres would not last all season, as it turns out. <laughs> the Rockies would not miraculously find a way to beat those two teams every time. I I, I feel for the guys on the field because, as we've said several times throughout this this season, they're they've at times played competitive ball and and it's got to be a frustrating element of sort of watching the season slowly slip away. Some controllable things, some not so much important players going on the IL, but then look, there can be an injection of hope too. Like not every trade down deadline is sad news. Someone's leaving, you know, the idea of let's say they did go all in on improving somehow. And, and you can get a shot of life of, uh, from that, you know, as a player, but right now the conversation around the team is negative. And the play on the field is sliding in the wrong direction. And, and and it's it's tough because I don't I don't think a lot of these guys have been put in a position to succeed. So it's it's frustrating. Patrick, yeah. now I'm curious. You're you're there. What is the um what is the energy like in the Rockies Clubhouse oh, on this difficult road trip for so many reasons? I wrote about it a little bit uh last night and that's up on the DNVR. Dot com. The you know the vibe isn't uh, as as bad as as you would think after last night's game. You know a couple guys had commented uh, that <laughs> made made a couple comments that like you know th- this was a rough rough day and 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 a rough loss right. Um, but part of what I wrote about was was asking players like do you, do you feel like a tenseness in the clubhouse? Do you do you feel like guys maybe are a little bit you know tighter because they're waiting to hear their name right? Hey Jose, uh oh. I got, did I just get traded? Like, did, you know, I, I think Buck Showalter called uh, catcher Thomas Nito into his office, you know, a day or two ago. And Thomas was like, that was it. I'm, I'm gone. Like they traded me. They need some catching help. I guess Wilson Contreras is coming over from the Cubs. And Buck Showalter was like, no, I, I just want to tell you, you're doing a great job, dude. Like, you're, Buck Showalter <laughs> should know better than to, <laughs> to do that. Should. He should have a better sense of the timing of things. Uh, but it's pretty funny that. That yeah, but but it. no one no one's tight. Like everyone feels really good. I yeah. think they you know understand. Good. Look, Bill Schmidt has. There are only about 
two or three names that I that I found on the 26 man roster. Just a quick quick run through that Bill Schmidt didn't have a hand in either drafting, signing, mm-hmm. extending, or acquiring in a trade. That that's it. Like like they're they're all like his guys in some shape or form, or he's co-signed them uh, in some capacity. So like they're his guys. And when he says, hey, nothing major is going to happen, only small moves, that, that's, a, that's a clear indication to the guys in the clubhouse. Hey, you know what? Yeah, they're, they're not going to do anything. Spoke with Carlos Estevez. You know, he was with, you know, a class of guys that they won the South Atlantic League um, down in Asheville. And, you know, this is something true about, about the Rockies and, and being this homegrown organization. They want these class of guys to stay together and to play for each other and to have this unity. And it works a lot better if, if you have a successful team of guys and a successful class of players like Estevez had with guys like David Dahl, Kyle Freeland, uh, Dom Nunez, Pat Vileka, Jordan Patterson. I mean, Ryan McMahon, Tapia. There's a couple more even that I'm missing, but they were really successful. We're seeing that now in the lower levels of the minors that give you some hope and say, hey, all right, when they come up in 24, 25, whatever it may be, that class of guys, you know, they're they're used to winning. And so they'll they'll be able to continue going forward with that tradition. But Estevez, he, he said, like, we never felt like we were really any in danger of getting broken up because we were we were that team. And there was no track record of that. Lucas Gilbreth experienced it. Back in 2018, when a guy in his class, Chad Spanberger, was traded in the Sungwon O deal uh, at the trade deadline, and that was, you know, pretty crazy. Uh, at the minor league level, they're not really thinking about that. But the vibe in the clubhouse is just really business as usual, for better or for worse, right? I, I think for the players, that's nice. Um, but I'll, I'll sort of leave it at that. And Brendan, something you mentioned before about like hope, you know, one of the one of the angles too, I think that might be forgotten just a little bit. Uh, and Jake Bird spoke about this uh, in regards to last season down in Albuquerque. There was some thought in AAA, not necessarily like, oh my God, is one of us going to get traded? Because again, the Rockies weren't really in contention. It was more about getting, you know, players being offloaded to other clubs. But hey, if Story gets moved or John Gray gets moved or someone in the bullpen, Julius Chassin, Carlos Estevez, whoever it may be, that creates room for one of us. That's now one of the isotopes can get called up and now maybe that, you know, injects a little bit of life, you know, uh, albeit, you know, in, in a small capacity, we kind of saw that a little bit in 2019, not because the Rockies had traded anybody away, but we saw some of those isotope guys, the cucarachas, you know, that made, it made baseball exciting, right? It injected some, some new life into the club that carried over a little bit to 2020 when they were successful and started off the campaign 11 and three. But that's that's not happening either because everyone's still here, so there's still those roadblocks. So Bernie Boy Summer, unfortunately, still probably not going to happen because everyone's still on the 26-man roster. Yeah, well, I guess I was joking, I think maybe this time last week, like, oh, heading into this homestand, I better, you know, say goodbye to everyone just in case and um, <laughs> didn't need to do that. <laughs> You know, I, it's tough though. Like, I, there's the human element of it, which, of course, these are all people with maybe families, maybe not. Am I being traded? Am I renting this house, selling this house, all of that? And then there's also the they're all competitors, right? So, not every trade is sad for some folk who might be willing to move to, let's face it, a team that's that's in a more competitive place. Um, as you said, that can create more room for opportunity for younger guys. So I'm, I am always fascinated by kind of 
the the juxtaposition between the bird's eye view we can do and projecting how it must feel to be a Rocky versus how these guys are actually feeling navigating this long season day to day. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing to think about, but I would imagine that even if you're not particularly tuned into what everyone is saying and what everyone is writing, you're feeling the weight today as a Colorado Rocky of the inaction from up top. I, I'm, I'm sure you would have to be aware of the negative reaction to some extent. I, I want to address that here. Cause you know, Bill Schmidt kind of talked about that. Uh, somewhat briefly, he didn't talk about getting some awesome bobbleheads from foco.com. He probably should have, uh, it would have been a great, you know, plug right should in the middle of the, the press conference. Yeah. Like he, he would have just said, you know what? We did not, uh, offload anyone. We didn't acquire anyone, but you can acquire some amazing bobbleheads, some green pants bobblehead, green panted, excuse me, bobbleheads, the Rocky city connect. They got it at foco.com and, and Brendan, uh, we kind of like realized this in the middle of an ad read days ago they sell for other teams too so you know what if you're getting a gift for someone that might be like a silly old st louis cardinals fan you can get a bobblehead for them and use code dnr and get 10 percent off ship it out to them for the holidays whatever it may be tap into all that nikola nikola Jokic mvp bobblehead they've got all kinds of amazing stuff they've got gear as well merchandise for you to wear and enjoy that's foco.com, F-O-C-O.com. Use promo code DNVR for 10% off all non-presale items. Boy, oh boy, eating ballpark food each and every day, not ideal, but what is, is starting my day off the right way with Athletic Greens. Start your day off the right way with athleticgreens.com slash ROC. The first three layers in Rockies, that's ROC. They've got travel packs that they're going to hook you up with five of them with your first purchase. I'm using mine right now on this trip. I take one scoop, put it in my bottle of water uh, or my bottle of water if I'm really going hardcore on the East Coast. And I get 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, minerals, adaptogens. Before I can get down to a coffee shop, this is what I take. Gives me that clarity, helps me wake up, transitions really nicely, puts my body in that hydration mode early on. And if you live at altitude and you come down to sea level and you are feeling the effects of too much too much oxygen in your air. Not Athletic thing. Greens is not what you need. See, <laughs> I know my body. Too much oxygen. Uh, but not too much goodness in Athletic Greens. Athleticgreens.com slash ROC. So, Brendan, you talked about them, everyone being competitors. And in talking with some of the people in the Rockies Clubhouse, you know, both this trip and, you know, before, as well as people who just work for the organization in general, they're also competitors, right? Now, again, if, if you work in the front office or you work at a desk, whatever it may be, obviously you can't necessarily compete, but if your team does nothing or your team has a, a major misstep of some sort, that can be a little bit embarrassing and that can be frustrating for you because it's it's out of your hands. And so there are people that unfortunately are, are in different spots uh, within the Rockies organization that are, that are very frustrated and that they don't want to be embarrassed. They want to, you know, when they go to a new city or when they talk to their friends, the first thing is, so your team didn't make any trades. Again, you're, right. you're doing your job where you work for social media, whether you work in the ticket office, whatever it may be, you know, you work hard and, and, and you love what you do, but the, the, the on-field product and what the front office does and the ownership and all of those things, that can kind of get reflected onto you. You can feel a little bit helpless and you could be a little bit frustrated, embarrassed by that, unfortunately. And that, you know, that's the sentiment with some of the guys. One of the players, even in the clubhouse yesterday said, like, we really did nothing. 
you know, a little, little bit of an eye roll, you know, and, you know, and that's going to happen. We know that in a, on a 26 man roster, even when things are going great, right. not everyone's going to agree. Right. But, you know, Bill Schmidt did say in, in his immediate availability on Tuesday, like, Hey, look, we talked with teams. We just couldn't make it work. Trades are trades are hard to, to make. I counted 36 uh, before the trade deadline. Every other team was able to find a, a dance partner. The Rockies were not. Last year, they were only able to find one for Michael Givens. If I had to do it again or if I had another opportunity, and I, I'm sure I will, when we get back to Denver, Schmidt was not out uh, in San Diego to, to answer our questions uh, face-to-face. He was able to make some time uh, on Zoom and, and, and talk to the greater media market. Uh, so there was more opportunities for folks to talk with him. But I would say, like, are, are you happy? With, with how things went. It's such a simple question, right? You go, how could have nobody have asked that? Because you, you almost know the answer, but you still almost have to ask the question. Are you, are you, are you proud of the fact that, you know, nothing went down? And, and what do you think it says about your organization that you weren't able to make one of these deals? How do you think other teams feel about you? Right. I, I, I know that there, there might be you know, some diversion from that. And maybe you don't get that, that real answer. You still have to ask the question, but I would be curious to, to know the honest answer. How do you think other teams view you? Because although there were, there were some names exchanged, it sounded like names were kind of exchanged. It never got to the point of looking at physicals or anything like that. Um, I, I frankly think there are a lot of teams that don't really want to dance with the Rockies in any capacity because it may be a waste of their time to go back and forth, really start moving things along and then find out, you know, they weren't really that serious. I Mm. don't know that teams really think the Rockies are serious to do business the way that other teams do business. The Orioles were in a real bad predicament. You know, they're playing really well and yet their game plan is to not, you know, try to make 2022 a successful campaign for them. That's going to be frustrating, but you can see the bigger picture. So they do trade sure. away Jorge Lopez and, and Trey Mancini. And so you kind of can understand that. And, and other teams know their modus operandi and will do business with them. I just don't know that, that that's the case as, as far as teams consider with the Rockies. It might be a waste of my time. So you know what? I'm going to focus my energy else there. And I think there could be a real serious image problem in and around baseball with the people that matter, not the pundits, not, not us that speculate or cover the team, anything like that. I think there could be a real problem within the industry with how they view the Rockies. And you know what? I liked the way the athletic put it. The Rockies did not understand the assignment because everyone else got it. And there was just one team that didn't. And I, and I think you're right, Patrick. It's the, I mean, the, obviously there's the Nolan Arenado trade and you could look at that like, why not trade with the Rockies? You might be able to find a very favorable one, but that's a unique situation. The flip side of that is look at Trevor's story. How does a guy like that just walk? And so to your point, our teams around the league, just if even he can't get moved, you know, I could spend all, I could spend my whole deadline trying to get, you know, I, uh, a, a helpful middling piece from the Rockies. But to your point, if they're just going to ultimately never pull the trigger, it's probably not the wisest use of the time. And that's the weird thing that, that's, I think kind of hard to contextualize as a fan. They are on the clock with these moves, you know, and, and there's sliding pieces and the longer you spend trying to get a deal done, potentially the less of your other moves are available to you. So your theory I think is certainly on the table. And, you know, going back to what the Padres are doing, going 
all in. Again, there'll be a time in which they'll have to pay the piper, right? If you rob Peter, sure. you pay Paul. Sure. You got to pay one of them back, obviously, at, at, at some point. And that'll happen. But they're going for it. And you, you have to respect that. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And yes, right. there will come a time. Not probably. There will. There will come a time in which it will suck. But that's okay because the goal should be, right? If, if for anyone that is against the concept of tanking, anyone that is like, oh, you can't tank, it's against the spirit of the game, isn't it? Then, then I would ask them, isn't the spirit to, to go after it, to go all yes. in? And to so, go all in, if right. it, right. And, and so the Rockies are, are saying, hey, look, we think we have a core here that's good and can contend. Well, then call the Nationals and trade Zach Veen, trade Drew Romo, trade Ezekiel right. Tovar. Right. All three of those guys, if these are your guys that you think can contend, you'll get three bites of the apple with Juan Soto. You don't even have to re-sign him, or you can even trade him if it doesn't happen to work out down the road. Then go after it. You can't be middling and say, well, we've got a good core. We think we got a good core of guys in the, in, in the low levels of the minors. We're going to let Trevor Story go free, and we're going to get a compensation pick that's, again, now years away from contributing. You, you have to go about things differently. This is how they operated in the early 2010s. And, you know, it, it, it did work out a little bit for them in 2017 and, and 2018. It helped that they had two superstars, two young superstars come to fruition and Arenado and Story. But those two years could have been so much better had they right. made some moves earlier. And we're now in that early stage for those young guys to come up. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done, the, done the homework yet to, to write out what the lineup will look like in 2024, 2025. But you could theoretically go ahead and say, okay, you got El Harris Montero at first base, Rogers at second, Tovar at short, McMahon at third base. And in, in the outfield, you know, you've got Veen, Bryant's still going to be there. Maybe it's Daza. You've got Brenton Doyle as an option, Drew Romo as your catcher. You're still going to have Senzatella, Freeland there. Gomber still has a few more years before he's a free agent. Um, you know, you're still a little bit light on the starting pitching for the young guys, uh, even in the middle uh, range of the minor league system. But you say, wow, look at all those names coming together at once. Right. You right. could help out that core in 24, 25, and 26 by doing something now or help the core out now by saying we don't care about 25 and 26. But you Precisely. can't do both. And they do both. It's hard because, look, things aren't even as simple as that. But I think the Rockies – the way they explain how they go about their business is, look, it is simple. We can't do X. We can't do Y. We can't do Z. This is just the only thing that we can do. And it hasn't really worked terribly well. It does work once in a while. And that's what we're just kind of hoping for. Fingers crossed. Things go great. And that's why fans are frustrated because that's not a great recipe for success. Hoping for apples to fall from the tree, roll down the hill, and then you can make an apple pie. Is that a good analogy? That's the best I can do. Sure. Oh, that's a good one. That's a when, good one. When there's a supermarket offering a sale on pre-made apple pies down the street. Um, so I, I, I'm with you, man. It's it's do one or the other. And I think that's, you know, as I sit here and I throw these things out here, I'm the furthest thing from a qualified uh, front office man in the MLB. But I, I do know that at the very least, feed the fans, feed the media a a direction. and And then we can all go from there. Okay, you went for it and you failed. You tried this and it 
but I think Rockies fans are on year X now of like, Hey, what's, what's even plan a, like, what does that look like? Um, and, and plan a appears to be treading water and like, think about being a Padres fan right now. The Dodgers are seemingly this invincible team. And how cool is it that you're, t- that you had a very good team and your owner and your front office just said, screw it. We're, we're, you know, what's actually hard to do, be the best team in baseball from the start to the end and win it all. We'll be the team that's in the Dodgers way. We'll be the team that makes it hard for them. And maybe we're the ones that catches them, you know, off guard. And, and it's awesome. I'm sure you're right. They will pay the price for that. But I guarantee you there's not a single Padre fan right now today who's worried about that on August 3rd. No, they're, they are very proud of their general manager. And they're also saying we got Juan Soto, not the Dodgers who were in play that happened to them last year. The Padres were set to get Trey Turner back. They drafted him. You're going to get Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, and then the Dodgers swooped in and, and stole it right out from underneath them. Well, that didn't happen this year. And so they did it. They were able to find a way to beat the big old bad Dodgers when some people say, oh, it's impossible, so why try? And that's definitely a a defeatist attitude. Nathan asked real quick, uh, Blackman's option at the end of this year is a player option for $10 million. He will be exercising that. He'll be coming back. One last thing I want to point out too, Brendan, you talked about the juice that's that's going on in San Diego right now and how exciting it is and how they're selling out. Uh, Tonight's game already on Wednesday. Night uh, was a sellout already ahead of time. Twenty nine thousand people there on a Monday night in San Diego. I mean, it's San Diego, so it's great. But I think it's kind of you know similar vibe with Colorado. There's millions of other things that you could do. Tuesday right, night, right. thirty thousand. So uh, really good turnouts. It's going to be forty thousand plus uh, at Petco on Wednesday for uh, what will be what will be Juan Soto's debut. But you've got all of these things happening happening where the fans are rewarding the team. The team is rewarding the fans. I pose this question to you. What have the Rockies been doing for their fans right now to make them turn out in droves, 40,000, 35,000 weeknights, weekdays, because they're getting that. And you understand why we all understand why, how beautiful Coors Field is, how bustling Denver can be. Even if you're not a a baseball fan in general, even if you're not even necessarily a sports fan, you're going to say, I want to go to Red Rocks, check out, check it out. Maybe not go to a concert, but I'm going to scope out the situation. Might want to go to a game at Coors Field. That's also this iconic place. So they're already getting all those fans. What's encouraging the Rockies to do business differently? Because they're already reaping the rewards that the Padres had to work incredibly hard to get. That's very much part of the frustration, I think, uh, in and around the organization and for all the fans out there that are that are holding on for dear life, that are listening to us on the DNVR Rockies podcast, do what we do, and hang in there, take a deep breath, because uh, we'll, we'll get through this by hell or high water. Well, that's that's the thing, though. I mean, Susie, who just came on and is doing such a great job, Patrick, who is so committed to this, the fans sounding off in the comment section. We, we had a, a press conference with Josh Kroenke recently in which we got to ask him straight up, do you view – professional sports teams as community assets or do you view them as part of the business portfolio now of course he gave the right answer but you want to see some follow-through you're right like there's little incentive to ownership right now to change up the recipe because for the most part they're getting the desired results um so but it should be a sense of pride 
that drives you to do this. There are other ways to make money, particularly when you're already that wealthy. It's easy for me to say what someone else should do with their money, but here's my thing. If your money is going towards owning a professional sports team, then I do get a say, and Patrick gets a say, and Susie gets a say, and so does everyone in the comments. They make this something Denverites can feel proud of. Think about how deeply ingrained the Chicago Cubs and, and, and Wrigley Field is inside of Chicago culture. Now, that's not a team that succeeded a lot, but that's uh, something that that city's proud of regardless. And the Rockies have to find a way to earn that. You have to show passion from ownership. You have to, you have to give back to the fans that have disproportionately given back to you over the last decade. So I think you, it's not going to happen. It doesn't seem like it. But if anything, it should be a sense of pride that drives ownership to say, hey, enough's enough. We want to be viewed differently as an organization. It's not just enough to be a nice tourist destination. Susie, I think you should have the last word. You are, I feel, the most neutral in a sense. I, I'm, I feel like I'm very neutral and biased. But look, when there's bad news to report, I'm, I'm going to let you know how it is. I feel like you can at least put a put a smiley face on this. If that's, if that's oh gosh, that no pressure, right? <laughs> I think it's really, it's really tough to spin this in a positive way. I mean, at the very least, I'm like, hey, we've got good guys. Like, they're good people on this team. So, like, it's no nice to see that they're being appreciated by this club. But imagine how much more we could appreciate them if we give them a chance to win. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's uh, – I'll, I'll never forget going to a uh, friend's wedding and the best man said in his speech his first three words it is what it is and i thought ah! oh that's that's what it is here at this uh at this wedding uh because i i, I didn't i wasn't an insider Terrible. i didn't have a press credential to their uh to their to their relationship to know i was on the outside i'm flipping through the newspaper and the headline said marriage it is what it is and uh that's never a, a good thing it's not necessarily a bad thing uh but for the rockies right now uh, I think you have to say uh, it could be worse. It is what it is. And leave it and at that. I guess that. we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yes. And we'll, yeah, the last thing is, and we'll leave it at that. Also, again, sometimes being neutral can be negative, right? I think, I think we know that. Patrick Lyons here, DNVR Rockies, with the main man, the voice of the Colorado Rockies and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman on trade deadline day. You are on air. You you get a double header here. We're in the middle of the double header to pull the curtain back. How if you were quizzed right now, how well would you be able to do in remembering all the deals and knowing who is where? I'll say 60% for me. Wow, that's an interesting question. I mean, like of the large names, I think I would do reasonably well. Certainly not a hundred percent. But a lot of guys got moved, and, and it seemed like it was still trickling in after the we're out west, so it was 3 o'clock out here after the deadline. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of players moved. You would know better than I would. Was it more than normal, or does it seem like more because of how significant the Soto deal was, the hater deal with San Diego? 
Man, I, it seemed like it was probably pretty normal. I mean, again, once-in-a-generational player like Juan Soto, that's pretty huge. I actually thought there were a lot more old-school baseball trades. I feel like we talked about that recently, just, hey, your guy for my guy, you know, nothing too major. I feel like there were a lot more of those than normal, sort of like teams were getting creative and saying, yeah, you're, you're, you're in the hunt for a postseason spot, so am I but maybe we can still come together on something. And so you saw some of those kind of deals go down. Well, certainly the one that comes to mind is, you know, maybe the, the second biggest deal or, or somewhere in that next tier after the Soto thing, naturally, was, again, San Diego. They traded their closer, Colorado kid, Rogers, basically for Hayter. Um, there, there were other players involved. There, there's money, but you're talking about Milwaukee, which without question is a postseason team. The Padres, even though they trail the Dodgers by a significant amount, you got to figure they're a postseason team. They better be with all the moves they made and, and really with the roster they had prior. So I would agree with that. But still, a, a lot of the other deals were teams that are looking to acquire players for the future, prospects, as we call them. Um, so I, I still thought most of the deals involved significant player or proven big leaguer going to a team that's getting back either one or two type prospects that, that they hope down the road will help them. I know I shouldn't be worried about the Padres, but I'm, I am a little concerned that they might not have enough players to field like a double A roster in the next week at this point, since they completely emptied their entire farm system here in the last week, it seems like. I'll tell you what's interesting about what they did. And I read this somewhere. And, and AJ Preller is the most aggressive. I, I think that's safe to say. I mean, he's probably taken the place of Jerry Depoto, our friend, uh, for the most aggressive general manager in baseball and with Soto they have him obviously for this year they have him for another year and then one after that but let's say he he looks at it and says okay we have him for the next two hopefully we win that elusive championship the Padres have never won one and then he trades them and gets you know some prospects back to restock their minor league system because they gave up I think ultimately five of their top 11, four of their top five. Now, to their credit, they were really deep. And that's what enabled them to ultimately win the sweepstakes for Juan Soto. They they have a plan. I'm sure they have a plan. Yeah, that that's the strategy, as you said, kind of going all in. And God, San Diego, the Padres are a small market club coming into town. This is the only – this is the only – pro sports team in this town of the major sport. There's not even an MLS team for crying out loud. So this this is kind of a, a small town. Even even getting out after late in the games, it's it's a ghost town on a Monday, Tuesday night. Yeah, Denver's, you know, it's not popping off in Denver that much, but it's a really small town. So the the window will will run out. You know, the hourglass will will go down to zero grains of sand eventually. But right now, they've found a way to kind of push all in and have three superstar players. And to your point, they can kind of hedge their bets and still you know make a trade and 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 do something in a year or two if it doesn't work out. That's really how AJ Preller started this. If you remember in like 2014, 15, right? They got like Craig Kimbrell, Derek Norris, which is a name that he fell off the the planet. You remember him as a catcher? So uh, they got Matt Kemp. They got yeah. James Shields. 
I mean, they they went for it with the veteran type players. We know that didn't work out, and then they get really fortunate, and then they trained James Shields, who was you know on the 18th fairway, maybe he was on the 18th green to the White Sox for a teenager who is now looked upon talent wise as one of the three best players in the game in Fernando Tatis, and he's going to play with another one of the best players in the sport, obviously in Juan Soto. That's obviously like a once in a generation. Trey, like you're not going to best that, but I think Rockies fans are probably hoping that if there were were any deals at the trade deadline, maybe they get a kid from a Dominican summer league team um, that you know you don't see on a top thirty list. But hey, you know, good nutrition, good good diet, all that good coaching, they get something. But ultimately, they don't do anything. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Bill Schmidt talked a little bit on on Tuesday that you know some names were exchanged obviously they didn't get to the parts where, where they were going to do any physicals but a um, little bit disappointing I think just because Rockies were kind of left out in the cold I know you, you don't always have to keep up with the Joneses because there's no way the Rockies are going to be doing with the Padres or Dodgers or even the Giants to an extent but unfortunately they were the only team that did not make a trade at this deadline yeah and that is disappointing if you're if you're a, a hardcore Rockies fan even if you may not know who the prospect was and you had to read up on them, uh, you want to see, you know, something in, in relationship to, okay, they're, they're going to get rid of prospective free agents and, and try to continue to restock a farm system. It's clearly better than it was. Um, but I think, you know, Billy even said uh, when he met with the media today that, you know, it's better, but it, but it needs to improve um, from where they are right now. And so now the next window you look at is the winter uh, to get this club better because I'm a big believer. I said this on my podcast in the last couple of weeks. You you, you know, you know, heard me say it, that you are what the record says you are. I'm a big believer in the Bill Parcells line from from years ago that you, you can play woulda, coulda, shoulda all you want. But, but right now, as you and I taped this, the Rockies are 13 games beneath 500. They're not close. And so you have to find a way to, to get better. And, you know, how you go about that, it's not easy. We know that. It's not easy. Uh, but, um, you know, you, you want to see them make incremental improvement so the product on the field is more of a contending type of product. I think there was some hope with with Schmidt taking over full time. You know, he was an interim GM last year at this time, also in San Diego. You know, the story and gray thing maybe could have been handled a little bit differently. Um, but again, kind of new to the gig. You give him a pass. There was some hope, especially because what he did in the offseason, you know, brought in so many really good players uh, and very well could be the same this winter. But I think this was like really his first shot to say, OK, are you different than than some of the guys in the past? And I, I think that's where there might be some disappointment. He could still win some fans back, of course, you know, uh, in this offseason. And, and maybe, I, I don't know if there's a coaching change or anything like that. Uh, it, we're recording this, you know, before we've been able to really get all of our thoughts collected and, uh, and think about what the next stages are. But have you thought about the next two months here? Like, it's not the second half, it's, it's the final two months. But, you know, are there any stories or any players that you're looking forward to keeping your eye on season's not over they're not mathematically eliminated uh, they are 10 plus games out of the the final wild card spot in the national league but if you begin to you know think a little bit about what these final two months could be for you know an individual player or 
just as a as a team as a whole. The name that 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 comes to mind when you present a question like that is Ezekiel Tovar because he represents hopefully the beginning of the next wave. And there's a little bit of a void. The Zach Beans and the Drew Romos and the Benny Montgomery's, they're not ready to be big leaguers just yet. You hope Veen takes the same trajectory that apparently Ezekiel Tovar has. And he, you know, who knows? Maybe he's able to arrive next year. But the Rockies need new blood, fresh blood, young blood that gets the fan base excited. And more than just watching these guys initially, they need to be good. They need to be good like Trevor Story was good from Jump Street, like Troy Tulowitzki was good from Jump Street. And those guys helped with others produce winning playoff caliber teams. And the first guy you hope in that line is Ezekiel Tovar. So when you ask me that question, Patrick, that's the first guy I think of. Because, yeah, can guys pick it up in the second half? Ryan McMahon hasn't had a great year. Can he go and have a, you know, a good couple final months? Sure. And, and, you, and you hope that happens. But in terms of genuine enthusiasm for being part of the solution and seeing the Rockies get better in the, in the one-loss column... Uh, the, the first guy I could think of is, is Ezekiel Tovar. And, uh, you know, if and when he gets here this season, uh, you know, you, you want to you wanna see him play and, and start to learn at this level because it's not going to be all, uh, excuse me, not going to, you know, come out. I hope he does, but, you know, it's not like he's going to go hit 350 with, you know, 10 home runs in, in 30 games, you know, it, that sort of thing. But um, he represents hopefully part of the you know part of the solution moving forward and you got to hope his groin injury isn't something that that leaves him out for longer but if they do again if you're if you're looking at the silver linings maybe you can bring back jose iglesias just in case as as insurance in 2023 if he doesn't get that you know chance rather not chance because i think he'll get it but if he's not healthy obviously that's a concern for me good no i I was gonna add one name to that patrick and and you know, Montero. That was the guy. Okay. That the Is that guy. where you're going to go? Yeah. Because Montero has, he, he aced double A, right? He clearly has aced triple A. We've seen him for snippets at the big league level. Let's see him play. And I'd like to see him play beyond September in that the two months that lie the most, and you know this, are March and September. March, spring training. You don't know who you're getting hits off of. You know, guy hits 350 and you think he's the greatest thing since Ted Williams. And, okay, who did he, you know, was, was half of the hits off double-A guys. And in September, there are other call-ups. Uh, the, there's no pressure on a team that's, you know, just playing out the string. I'm not saying that those at-bats are not beneficial to a young player. They're big league at-bats. But you still hedge your bets a little bit. So I, I'd love to see Montero get significant at-bats in August. I don't know what the plan is moving forward in the immediate future. I know as we, you and I speak right now, he's here. Um, he's been up and down, but, you know, maybe he stays the rest of the year, and, and especially with the injury to Chris Bryant, that, uh, you know, not only does he stay, but you, you put volume, uh, you know, a volume of at-bats together for him. Obviously, uh, some of the veteran guys that the Rockies have, you just hope that they can kind of sort some of those things out. You know, Freeland, Marquez kind of build some momentum of, of some of their more recent starts. But when you're looking at young guys, there's not a ton of young guys 
Uh, we did see, you know, two doubles from from Jonathan Daza in game one on Tuesday, which was kind of rare. I used the old stat head on baseball reference to kind of find out how often a guy has two doubles in San Diego because it's, it's kind of rare, right? I mean, you can go extra base hits and kind of broaden it, but uh, I thought that was just kind of strange. So we'll, we'll continue to see his growth. But Brendan Rodgers, this is an opportunity for him now, especially with, with the veterans st- staying around him, right? CJ Crone's still there here. Um, Randall Gritchick is, is still going to be behind him in the lineup. McMahon, obviously, we know wasn't going anywhere. But this is also an opportunity for Brendan Rodgers to really take over as you know one of the faces of this team. We'll see what happens with Chris Bryant. It'll be nice to get him back healthy for the final two months. That'll be a, a storyline. But Brendan Rodgers really has an opportunity to kind of separate himself as the cleanup hitter of this team, as being you know, the next all-star in 2023 and beyond for the, for this club, in addition to the Monteros and the Tovars. Brendan Rogers had, has had, what is it? uh, Three really good months now. And you want that to continue. He is a bona fide, really solid big league bat. I think for the Rockies to be the kind of team that they want to be a postseason team. If Brendan Rogers is depending on how you construct an order, you know, your, your five-hole, uh, two-hole potentially, it's terrific, I, I think. Um, if he's batting third or fourth, I don't know. I mean, maybe, could he be a three-hole hitter down the road? Pretty, yeah, potentially. I think he's a really good hitter, and I think he's made great strides defensively. They need more. They need more, clearly. Um, you know, Billy Schmidt said they're a batter too short. He said that publicly. I would agree. And so now how do you go about that? Now you got to find out about Montero. Is Montero an everyday guy that can be an everyday guy on a, on a, a team that contends? Or is he an everyday guy on a, on a second-tier team? Or is he a, you know, a role player? The only way you find out is to get at bats for that ilk of player. And so I go back to what I said a moment ago. That's what you know, I think lies ahead, hopefully for the Rockies in the, in the next couple of months, you know, for me uh, to, to see, you know, where some of those guys are, the Tovars and, and, the, and the Monteros. I think what makes it so challenging is there's not as much room. I mean, because of all the, all the veterans are, are still here and, and didn't get offloaded, you know, there's still Jose Iglesias on the roster. So that, that could potentially block Tovar and you know, Buddy talked about Ryan Feltner and how hey, at the major league level, you know, it's a lot different than than AAA. So he's going to have to learn. And you know, he got hit around a little bit on on Tuesday and in, in Game One. And so you know, they got to find a spot for him in the in the rotation to do that to to get those starts because when healthy, they got seven starters. Not a bad thing typically, but when you need to get those at bats and those starts and those innings pitched. You know that could be a challenge. Maybe maybe it's a good challenge. Maybe they can catch lightning in a bottle in in, in some fashion and maybe make it interesting here in in the final two months. But uh, those will be kind of some of the the stories. And in the bullpen, you know, maybe Jake Bird is he is he a, is he a young Scott Oberg, one of those guys who immediately you know gets the trust of his of his manager and and could have something there. I don't know. Well, those are other guys. Jake Bird, Justin Lawrence. They need experience. It's it's very unusual for a guy to arrive and be really good uh, consistently at the big league level, whether they're a pitcher or a position player. So I would I would say those guys also fall, fall into that same category, and you want to get them an opportunity. It's tough on a manager because Buddy every night when he 
writes out a lineup. He's not writing out a lineup for this to be a, uh, you know, a tryout camp. He, he's trying to win baseball games. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're not going to win enough baseball games to partake in the postseason. I think we pretty clearly understand that now. So you have to start, I think, figuring out, you know, who's part of uh, a winning equation in the future. This week's Drew Goodman podcast, your guest is someone we don't know too much about. I think uh, not. he hasn't spoken publicly with too many folks. Uh, interesting character, uh, a recluse perhaps. I, tell me, tell us some more about uh, Thursday morning's podcast, Drew Goodman. I think if things fall into place, we'll have a character on. I don't know if he's an entertaining character. <laughs> I don't know if he is... <laughs> A reclusive character, as you suggest. I don't know if he's a knowledgeable character, but I believe if this comes to to be that this person is a character. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that. We're just gonna leave it at that. Wow. Okay. That's there. You go. That that's all you need to know. You, you got to make sure you tune in, and you'll have all your takes on the trade deadline business as you normally do. And Bron- are you talking about Broncos yet? Are you thinking about them or not just not, yet? No, Tim not Patrick's yet. out for this season. I know that's a, that's a bummer that Tim Patrick went down. I'm not a training camp guy. I'm not a preseason football guy. I've seen enough of it through many, many years, that it's, by and large, meaningless. Because the guys that we all get excited about and we're talking about, you know, who's who's the eighth defensive back? Who's going to be the, the eight, Who's going to be the swing interior O-lineman that can play left and right guard and also snap in an emergency? At the end of the day, those are not the guys that are going to determine whether you win or lose. And honestly... Those are guys that are not determining uh, anything once the season gets going, unless you have you know a, a huge amount of injuries. So I, I can't get excited about you know July, early August football. You lost me at alternative alternative interior linesmen. I'm 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 lost on that. Save save some of this stuff for the podcast. This is good. Yeah, I'll send you this audio. How about that? And that, this will be your intro. I'll, I'll just play that, and um, and we'll and we'll run with uh, we'll run with what we have there. That's perfect. Follow him at Drew Goodman forty two. We are begging for a scrap, just a morsel of celebration. We'll do it. Just throw it our way. Give us something. Bud Black got ejected. I got to see that. That's that was great. Yes, you got uh, ejected. I, mean, I'm, I'm I got you, like, ejected. Nutshell. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give you like a 30-second nutshell. Vince Scully passed away. That was awful. Uh, Did learn that Ryan McMahon still to this day goes back and watches some of his early home runs of Vince Scully. And even mentioning it now, I'm getting getting goosebumps again when he told me last night on that. Um, So many other little things. There's snipers on top of Petco Park, apparently. That's a thing. Learned about that. Uh, Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove are like on first name basis with one of the security dogs at Petco Park and goes around and pets them. There's a brick uh, engraved that says boycott Petco, but it doesn't say that. It, it's like a bunch of words, right? It's like a, a, a acronym that like it's a bunch of words like best oh. off oh. you, you know, okay, what I mean? got it, it, so got it's it. boycott Petco because, you know, they they. Do some things uh, at some times like a big corporation. There's there are a lot of things. 
going on here in San Diego. Maybe we'll have to talk more tomorrow. What do you think? You want to do this again on post game? And you have to say yes. So what do you think? You want to do this again uh, post game tomorrow on Thursday? Absolutely. I would love to. I would love to. Yeah, we definitely, there's no shortage of things to talk about when it comes to the Rockies. But yeah, that'll be the last day of your your trip, right? That's it. No. Home sweet yeah. home after that. And, uh, and yeah, we'll continue the conversation, of course, on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. At Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at on Twitter. I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. I'm at Brendan Boat on Twitter. And you know what they say about momentum. Oh boy, we've got it. And we're, it's only as good as your next show. But the show's going to be really good. The show is going to be good. So we, maybe we do have momentum. <laughs>